The Athletic Podcast Network is supported by the Quip Electric Toothbrush, the Tesla of toothbrushes. Most people's oral care habits could be better. We often brush for less than two minutes and use old, worn-out bristles. Quip makes having a fresh, healthy mouth easy and convenient. The electric toothbrush pulses every 30 seconds so you can clean your mouth evenly, and they deliver brush head refills every three months, like dentists recommend. Get your first refill free at getquip.com slash listen. That's getquip.com slash listen. Hey, this is Andy. Thanks so much for listening. We got a great show for you today, but some news breaking on Wednesday morning. Mel Tucker is the new Michigan State head coach. He was interviewed before Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle turned down the job. Mel Tucker had said he was flattered by the interest, but he was staying at Colorado. But guess what? When someone backs up the Brinks truck, doubles your salary, doubles your assistant coach salary pool, doubles your strength staff salary pool, you're going to take the job. So Mel Tucker, after one year at Colorado, is headed to Michigan State. But today... We're going to talk to a guy who was the product of a much less chaotic coaching search. Chris Peterson stepped down from Washington at the end of last season. They didn't go on a national search. They didn't need to. They had the right guy right in the building. His name is Jimmy Lake. He was the defensive coordinator. He is now the head coach, and he has big plans for UW. Let's talk about it with him right now. Welcome now, Coach Jimmy Lake of the Washington Huskies. And, and Coach, I, I got to ask you, three months ago, if I'd have said you're going to be the head coach of the Washington Huskies, Chris Peterson will be enjoying some time off, what would you have said? Yeah, I would have said you're, you're lying. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's really been a, uh, you know, it was surprising for everybody. Uh, you know, Coach Pete is obviously so passionate about uh, his job, his staff, and the players, and everything he does from day to day. He never let on. Um, I, you know, that speaks to to the man that he is. Um, but now it makes perfect sense after it all, you know, went down. Uh, Coach Pete is, uh, you know, a very thoughtful man, and he has a lot of other things that I know he's excited about. Uh, he's always got a book in his hand. He's always sharing information with us. So. It after after it kind of settled down a little bit. It wasn't surprising that uh, you know he had other aspirations that he wanted to do and spend some time with his family. So when when they announced it and it was very buttoned up and and it was Coach Pete is is stepping down, Coach Lake is taking over. I I just thought oh yes because I've I've been for the last few years kind of hammering away on this point of if you have good culture good infrastructure find a way to keep it going. And you guys have one of the better cultures in college football. How exciting is it to know that you don't have to start over from scratch in your first head coaching job, that there's there's a good infrastructure in place that you can then build upon and kind of mold into into what you want it to be? Yeah, no, you're exactly correct. I mean, it's, it's extremely exciting. Uh, you know, one of the reasons why I sought out Chris Peterson in the beginning eight years ago was because I admired his culture from afar when I was in the NFL and we we're looking at his players for the draft and just the way they always played together. They played a tough physical brand of football. They always seem well coached. And, uh, 
you know, now to be a part of this and help build this here at Washington when we left Boise State and come here and build this foundation of this culture that he set. It's going to be awesome because I got to see it firsthand and, and now, um, you know, bring in the right coaches, bring in the right players, the administration, all of our recruiting department to continue on. And um, it's the exact culture that I think I know uh, works. And I know our whole staff is excited to, to keep this thing going. Let's talk about when you when you joined Coach Pete at Boise State because you you'd been at the in the NFL for a while at that point you you started your career in college football you'd gone in the NFL you you'd been with Raheem Morris and the and the Bucks most recently in the NFL and you said you you sought out Boise State and what when did you decide okay I, I'd rather go back to college than than keep coaching the NFL. Yeah, so I you know I started off uh, with John Gruden at Tampa first and then went to Detroit. Uh, our staff got fired in Detroit, then went back to Tampa with Raheem, and then our staff got fired in Tampa. And so I still had some opportunities to go be the assistant DB coach at some other NFL clubs. And then I had a couple other colleges that also offered me their DB job. But the one that I honed in on was Chris Peterson in Boise State. Because at, at that time when I had been, our staff had been let go and literally a, twice in a six-year span, um, I said, you know what? I want to go learn. I want to go learn from one of the best head coaches in college football, and see how he does this thing. So now, when I do, I get my opportunity to become a head coach. I want to. I want to have the power, whether I get I get fired or not. And so that was kind of the whole the whole thought process was go learn from the best, see how he does things, and so I can put my spin on it when I become a head coach. And I've heard you say you started preparing to be a head coach basically from the moment you became an assistant coach and, and that was at, at Eastern Washington, your alma mater, yep. correct? That's Had, correct. That's correct. Now, did, did you keep it in a book? Did you have a file on your computer? How did you, how did you manage? Cause I know those ideas come at you fast and you say, I got to get this down so that when the time comes, I'm ready. How did mm-hmm. you do it? Yeah. So I have spiral notebook after spiral notebook of, of footnotes, um, the good things that I saw, the things were the, the the bad things that I saw. Always learning from um, you know every every situation. You know the, our season is so broken up into different in, into different seasons. Excuse me, the whole year. You know the off season, training camp, during the season. Uh, how head coaches handled losses, how they handled winning, and um, I just have detailed notes throughout the years, and I've lean, I've looked back on those. Um, I'm going to continue to look back on those. It'd be great to all get them in one big, big notebook. <laughs> right now, it's still spread through a whole bunch of spiral notebooks. Um, but thankfully, you know, I think I was—I know I was with one of the best head football coaches in college football, and Chris Peterson, for the last eight years. And so, I have a lot of positive things to rely on and um, and to mimic, but also put my spin on it. So, you talk about putting your spin on it. What are some of the things that you've already done? that might look a little different to, to folks who've been watching coach Pete for the last few years. Yeah. You know, I think, um, what I'm excited is when we run out of that tunnel on September 5th and we're able to, to show people what we're doing, you know, I'm not really big and in, into talking about what we're going to do. Um, I want to, I want to, I want the, the fans and our opponents to see what we're doing. So, uh, you know, that, that's why I don't want to sit here and beat my chest and say, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I want to show everybody. And so that's going to that's gonna happen when we get to, you know, opening day in the fall. But internally, 
you know, we, we pride ourselves on being tough and being physical. And everything from our workouts to the plays that we're going to run in all three phases, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to be in attack mode. We're going to want our opponents to have to worry about our schemes in all three phases. And so that is being in, in, implemented right now. The mentality is being implemented right now in the weight room. But we are going to have to show the country. We have to show everybody uh, come September 5th. I'll throw one thing in there that I've noticed. I don't know what kind of car Chris Peterson drives. I do, however, know that you have a purple Dodge Challenger Hellcat red eye. That growl is is not is unmistakable. I saw it. Uh, you you tweeted it out. You said you're ready to to hit the West Coast and uh, and start recruiting. So uh, I imagine 797 horsepower gets you to a lot of. Uh, a lot of in-home visits, doesn't it? Yeah. So, f- full disclosure, that's actually uh, one of my friend's vehicles. Uh, what? That is not my, that is not my vehicle. Uh, I, I, sen- I sense a Dodge was- sponsorship in your future, though. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I wouldn't mind uh, uh, getting one of those for myself. Uh, that is a fast. I did drive it. It is extremely fast. Uh, just lightly touch the gas pedal and you start fishtailing. Uh, so you got to be got to be definitely uh, careful. You can feel the horses underneath your feet. Uh, but yeah, you know the thing was purple. You know, I I, I I bleed purple and gold, so I had to I had to show uh, you know all the husky fans out there and the perspective uh, people that want to be dogs. Uh, uh, how much I love purple. You you got that Seattle Seattle area Dodge dealerships. Just pay attention. This is this man needs to be hooked up. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, that's a fun, it's a fun ride. Well, let's go win a few games first, and then uh, <laughs> then maybe I'll get one of those uh, for myself. That's exactly right. Exactly. Well, and and it probably looks good on a ferry boat because you got you know places there where you you're not driving, you're you're getting shuttled across the water. So uh, you you got to make sure the purple is visible from from all shores. So no doubt. I I, I am curious because you you were talking about coming back from the NFL into college. This is the same thing that your new offensive coordinator, John Donovan, is, is doing. He was with James Franklin at Vanderbilt and at Penn State, and then uh, he leaves Penn State. He, he goes into the NFL for a few years. When you were talking to him, and I know you said that, that his name kept popping up as you talked to your, your contacts in the NFL, what jumped out about those last few years and, and what he's taken from the NFL? Yeah, so, you know, from my own experience – my football knowledge just grew leaps and bounds after I spent my time in the NFL. All you do is ball every, every single day. Um, you know, there's a whole scouting department that does all the combine stuff and the free agent stuff. And literally you were studying football, you know, 24 seven. And so I've used a lot of that information to still continue uh, for us to play a great defense year in and year out here back in the college ranks. And, when John Donovan's name kept popping up and I ended up interviewing him, I could feel the knowledge. I could feel that, that his knowledge was at a different level than some other college coaches uh, that had interviewed for the job. And I just know that that's going to be a, uh, you know, that's going to be a, a, a positive thing for, for our whole team, but especially for our offense, having someone uh, that smart, that detailed, um, and he was like a sponge, you know, so he, he was in different rooms. He was in the tight end room. He was in the running back room. He was in the quarterback room and, and was able to, you know, make himself better. You know, here's a guy that's been a coordinator, you know, in the SEC and the Big Ten, and then he had to take a step back, learn a bunch of football, 
and you're gonna you're you're gonna see a hungry offensive coordinator that's ready to show everything that he's been learning these last few years. So we're we're excited. I'm curious what you think about the the sort of evolution of offense in in the NFL and in college because it seems like the last few years NFL folks have been more willing to borrow from colleges. You're seeing different college type schemes pop up in the NFL. But then you look at LSU last year, they bring Joe Brady in from the New Orleans Saints. He starts mm-hmm. mixing what they do in the NFL with what has been working in college. And all of a sudden you have maybe the most explosive offense in college football history. I mean, how, yes. how much do those ideas kind of blend together now versus before where I, I felt like all I'd hear from NFL coaches was, well, these guys don't know the skills that they need to succeed up here because they're running these weirdo offenses down there. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think it's kind of, it is a little bit of a mixture. And I think the game is always evolving. You know, you, you, in the years past, you just have strictly pro style. And then, you know, during really during the Chip Kelly, Oregon area, everyone started doing the spread and everybody wanted to do the spread, the shotgun and all those things. And now it feels like it's moving back towards uh, some pro-style elements with a little bit of the spread mixed in. And I think that's what you saw down there in Louisiana this year. And we're going to put our spin on it. Uh, I know this. We're going to run the football. Uh, I, I think great offenses know how to run the football. And we will be hard to deal with if we can run the football uh, when the defense knows we're running the football. And after that, when we sprinkle in some pro-style elements in the pass game, but also sprinkle in some spread uh, concepts in the pass game, I think will be will be difficult to deal with. So I think it's going to be the similar model to what uh, LSU did. We'll have a little little pro, little college, and um, it should be fun to watch. So the the question I, I see all of your fans asking, and then I'm sure you get this everywhere you go, is uh, who's going to be pulling the trigger in that offense you got some quarterbacks on campus I I know there there were some folks who came in and looked around as potential grad transfers but uh, ended up going elsewhere what are you planning on doing with that position are are you happy with what you got on the roster right now is is there still a chance you go looking in the portal right right now I think you know this portal thing for the quarterback thing is obviously this new monster that uh, every coach I think has to deal with and has to pay attention to you know, two of the four quarterbacks that were in the CFP this year were, were grad transfers, and one was a transfer. And it was a one, yeah, the well, third one was an undergrad transfer, exactly. It was an undergrad right. transfer. Yeah. So three, three out of the four guys did not start at their original college. Um, and I think that's just going to that's going to be a, a, a trend that's going to continue. And um, it is what it is. We just got to keep up with that. You know, we lost, when you, when you count in Jacob Eason, we lost three quarterbacks in the last 11 months. You know, two to the transfer portal and one to forego his senior year to go to the NFL. And so we have some young quarterbacks on our roster who I'm very excited about, and they are just chomping at the bit to show what they got. Uh, and then we have a, another young guy joining us in spring and April, and Ethan Garbers. And so we'll have three quarterbacks that are young, talented, but unproven. And um, I told the whole team at every single position, I'm an equal opportunity employer. The guys that get in, learn uh, what they're supposed to be doing technique-wise, fundamentals, the scheme, and then execute in practice or the bigger ones that can apply. Now, in saying all that, we are definitely still scouring the, the free agent wire. And um, if, a, if a player makes sense that we can bring in here, 
we may bring another one in. If not, then we'll just hold off until the end of the season and, and uh, continue recruiting for next year. So how, how excited are you to have some role in the offense? I mean, you, you've been the guy across the way from them, yeah. you know, talking trash to him and all that. Now, <laughs> yeah. now, now you are on their side at practice as well. How, how do you handle, how do you handle that? Yeah, no, it's, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of the, a lot of head coaches I've been around, they'll try to, they'll try to stay neutral, you know, they'll be right there and not take a side. Um, I've always felt, and this is one of the things I wrote down, you know, throughout these 20 plus years of coaching, um, I'm going to take a side on a certain day. Now, one day I might go on the offensive side, but the other, next day I might be on the defensive side. I know this for the first week of spring football. Um, I think I'm, I'm getting the hat made up. It's going to say offense, and I'm going to be I'm going to be rooting for the offense, and I'm going to be talking trash to the defense. And uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. But then in the very next week, I'm going to be I, I'm going to have to put my defensive hat back on and 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 start rooting for those guys. But it's all about motivation. It's all about pushing the right buttons at every single position uh, position group and trying to get the best out of them. Uh, and I think this will just this will be my unique way of uh, of trying to motivate those guys from day to day. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You'll also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash Staples for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Staples for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. But before we came on, you mentioned you, you had been watching some mat drills, and it, it feels like this is where the leaders really emerge. And I, I wanted to ask you about a particular guy that you're losing, Nick Harris, who seemed to me like kind of everything you wanted in that, that leader and uh, basically the, the Chris Peterson OKG kind of poster child. You know, h- how, do you, how do you find the guys that become the next Nick Harris? Right. We're in the process right now. I mean, it really started back in January when the offseason program uh, began. You know, who who the leaders are, uh, you know, throughout a workout, when the workout gets tough, uh, who the leaders are when things aren't going uh, correctly in the locker room, if things aren't being picked up and it's not in championship uh, shape. We've already had some guys that have, uh, have stepped up, uh, you know, Levi Anzarike, Elijah Molden, um, you know, Luke Wattenberg. And then, I mean, even those quarterbacks, those young quarterbacks right now are stepping up in a great leadership role with Jacob Sermon and, and Dylan Morris. And so it's, it's been fun. But I think we're in the middle of that right now. Uh, the offseason workouts are going to continue to get tougher. Uh, and we're going to be testing, testing these guys mentally. And I think our whole coaching staff, me included, are excited to see who will emerge and, and be that uh, next Nick Harris. It's interesting to me. I, I remember – when I was in college and, and I was a walk-on, and the 
coaches weren't always out there for that stuff. They weren't paying attention. Uh, I was at Florida, and, and really the only full-time guy that would come out was Bob Stoops. He was the defensive coordinator, and he he, he was paying attention to everything, and which probably, I guess, should have told us something. But yeah. it seems like now all of you guys are, are there as often as you can be to to see that sort of thing. I know there, there's limits to, to what you're allowed to watch, but it, it feels like you guys are there to see as much as you can. How much do you learn about those guys when it's something like Matt drills and not, you know, just a practice where, where you're in pads and running your plays? You know, we try to be around our guys as much as possible. You know, obviously recruiting keeps us away uh, like it did for the most part of January because we're all out in the road recruiting. But when we're in this building and we're able to be down there, we want to be around the guys as much as possible. And you can learn so much. Um, you know, we intentionally put our guys through some tough things um, in the weight room or, or running drill out on the out on the grass. And we just want to see how these guys respond because it's going to be the same. It's all going to translate over into real football in the fourth quarter uh, when someone has to step up and make a play and, and maybe our opponent just made a huge play and how we respond. And, we try to recreate that every single day in the weight room. And right now we're just on this progression of making things more difficult and more difficult um, as these months, um, you know, transpire. And, and that is, I mean, you guys have always been a tough team. Can, can you be tougher? Is that, is that possible? Cause it, that, that was yeah. kind of a hallmark of, of what you, what you did before. Yes, we can be, we can be way tougher in my opinion. Um, I think uh, there's always room for growth. But I know uh, we can be way uh, more physical and attacking on offense, our special teams, and then we have to continue to move the needle on defense. You know, we, we had been the number one defense for four years in a row. We slid back to number three this last year. And so really all three phases, uh, we can drastically improve and become a tougher, more physical unit. So you, you signed a bunch of defensive linemen in your 2019 class, and, and yours is a program where you, you've always been able to find, you know, whether it's a, a Vita Vea, uh, you know, Greg Gaines. You, you've had yep. some incredible D linemen come through there. What's it like when you see those young guys and, and you, you know, trying to figure out who the next you know, complete freak is going to be? Yeah, no, it was really exciting this last year. I mean, we were so young up front, and – for those guys to go through a season, we played we played solid. We didn't play to the standard that we're used to around here. But those guys are now locked back in the weight room, getting bigger, getting stronger, hearing the same calls over and over and over. And I know those guys are going to take a, a, a huge leap this year. And then getting uh, Levi back and also getting Josiah Bronson back. Um, those are two senior leaders for that D-line that are going to really help out those younger guys. I, I wanted to talk to you about the the first recruiting class you guys had at Washington because I, I always thought it was amazing how well you closed with only a couple months there, and uh, especially in your position group. Uh, that was, you know, Buda Baker was part mm-hmm. of that class and, and, and didn't join the class until after you guys got there. But it, it feels like you, you, you had – an eye for what you wanted when you got there and, and were able to convince them in relatively short time that it was the right place for them. How, how hard was that to do? And, and does it get easier when you, when you can establish those relationships over, you know, a year and a half, two years of a, of a recruiting cycle? Yeah, 
No, you're, I mean, that first one was extremely difficult. And um, we, when we worked our tails off just to, to get, get that class signed, but, you know, that was also Sidney Jones in that class who yeah. became a second jo- round pick to the Philadelphia Jojo Eagles. McIntosh. Jojo McIntosh, yeah. There was some, there was some heavy hitters in that, uh, in that class. But we actually leaned back on the intensity our staff used during that time period, and we call it the Buddha intensity. Because <laughs> uh, Coach Pete and I, it was I had the little Evan sitting right here behind my desk, one of the one of the little uh, pieces of paper that we put together for Buddha, one of the million selling points that we were putting in front of his face to show him why he should be a dog, and it just reminds me every single day that we need to recruit with that type of intensity, and. And then Buddha just happened to also capture all the attributes that we really want in our dogs. You know, guys that are physical, guys that are tough, guys that are resilient, guys that play at one speed. And he is really the poster child of. And, but then, but then off the field, he can be a gentleman. You know, he can be a good student. Um, you know, a guy that uh, you wouldn't mind if your if your daughter uh, was dating or marrying. And that's the type of guys that we want to bring in this building. So what does it say? What, what were you What were you telling Buddha with that note? <laughs> oh, I don't know. If I, well, let me let me look at it right here. Uh, I don't know if I want to share everything because a lot of this we're going to use with some of these guys here is coming up. Uh, you know, he was obviously a, a big time in state player, and that was that was a, a huge deal for us to get him uh, to come to Washington. And you know, the next couple of years, there's a lot of talent in this state, so. I'm not sure if I'm going to share some of this stuff right here uh, well, because there, there's a lot of colleges around America that are that are having flights into Seattle to recruit some of these guys. You know, I'll, uh, you know, I'll say this. I have it right here. I mean, our academics is really second to none. We're going to develop them as a player, but we're also going to develop them as a person. And uh, people around this program that have graduated out of this program, they know those two things are – those two things are going to happen when you come here. Uh, we've had, you know, more NFL draft picks than anybody in the Pac-12 since we've been here. We've had more guys uh, invited to the to the NFL Combine since we've been here in the Pac-12. And so the proof's in the pudding, and we just want to show guys facts. We don't want to we don't want to, you know, you know, say things that that aren't true or you know, be grandiose. And we're really not backing up. But when we can show these these prospects facts. Um, those speak volumes to their parents and to the young man. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask, because you mentioned how good the class of 2021 and the, the upcoming classes are in the state of Washington. How important is it to have guys that are local or semi-local that, that you know, grew up following your program, even if they weren't fans, but they, they were aware of it and they were following it. They understand a little bit of the history of it. Because I've had you know coaches say a couple different things. You, you have some coaches that say, no, just go get the absolute best no matter where they live and, and let the chips fall where they may. And then I, I, I heard Dan Mullen from Florida recently say, well, the reason uh, six guys got lost in, in that class last year before practice started was they weren't all necessarily from Florida's usual footprint. They weren't maybe as invested they, they they were farther from home so that can create issues is it is it important to have and not your whole roster but a core group of people that that are from around there that understand what UW is yes so i fall in the camp of we need to keep our best players in the state of washington right here at the university of washington um uh, 
that is that is always going to be number one importance to us. And, you know, it's population-based, you know, recruiting is. That's why you see these other states that just get scoured by everybody else. California, Texas, Florida, they have more population than everybody else in the country. So, naturally, there's going to be a lot more players to choose from. Well, we don't have as a big population here in the state of Washington, but every single year we are going to have some big-time potential All-American, potential NFL draft picks right here in our state. And – the beautiful thing is now that we've been here going on seven years, our, our coaching staff is those guys grew up watching us win, watching us go to the CFP, watching us win Pac-12 championships. They know how special uh, this stadium is. These fans are here. Uh, you know, we, we get 20,000 plus more fans than anybody out here in the Pac-12. And so they, they, they recognize the support that we have here. And if we can get all these guys to, to stay here, um, we're going to put ourselves in a position to get another uh, national championship uh, right there on the on the stadium. I can feel that Buddha intensity coming off of you right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. No, thank you. Go dogs. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it. We love to get feedback, and also we'd love it if you would share it with a friend. And while we're on the subject of subscribing to things. If you're not already subscribing to The Athletic, now is the time. Go to theathletic.com slash Andy Staples. You get 40% off your first year. You can read what I write about college football. If you're a Washington fan, we have a great beat writer named Christian Capel. You can read all that he writes about the Huskies. It is the best bargain in media. It is the best sports writing on the planet. If you're an NBA fan, NFL fan, Major League Baseball fan, international soccer fan we got you covered and by the way we have the best team of college football writers in america so get you a subscription to the athletic get one for a friend too theathletic.com slash andy staples all one word theathletic.com slash andy staples